Hey, Billy, I've got a Christmas movie for you. Great, tis the season. It's a horror movie. Oh, like Black Christmas. And a comedy. Like Krampus. And a psychological thriller. Oh, like what? It's called The Day of the Beast. Oh, like Kirk Cameron saving Christmas. I don't want to see an ordinary film. I want to see something extraordinary. Your sacrifice completes my sanctuary of 1,000 testicles. You ever feel as if your mind had started to erode? Let's rock indeed. Welcome everybody to 1000 Wives of Weird. I'm Brad Hefner and with me as always on this holiday episode, even though we're recording it in the middle of November, yes, uh, because time, time, <laughs> backlog, yeah, but with me as always is Billy Martell, Santa's little helper himself. Yee. Uh, <laughs> I got red rosy cheeks. You do and uh, I'm bowl full of jelly a bowl full of je- not in my stomach just like no, randomly lying around your stomach around. is not like a bowl full of jelly i just have a bowl full of jelly that yeah. i like i'm dipping my hands into like a bear during this episode so if You're, i sound extra sticky ice because i am like a bear specifically winnie the pooh <laughs> like a specifically winnie the pooh the most bear of all bears <laughs> the the most bear of all bears exactly teddy roosevelt banged winnie the pooh across his knee <laughs> he banged Winnie the Pooh banged. across his knee. Banged, banged, like, oh, like oh, Batman, like Batman Bane. Banged okay. him across his knee. All right, I, I was. You started talking about bears, and I started think, and then Teddy Roosevelt, and I started thinking about large hairy men, and I thought that he and Winnie the Pooh had a much different relationship. Well, they might have. Yeah, I'm not a historian. Right, right. You just know that whatever their relationship had ended with him baning Winnie the Pooh yes. across his uh, knee. Well, because he was a big hunter. Yes, and he. That was his... Winnie the Pooh was such easy pickings. He killed everybody in the Hundred Acre Woods. (laughs) I can see now why the Winnie the Pooh books have such an open ending, because they didn't want to talk about what actually happened. The horror. The massacre of U.S. President Theodore Roosevelt. That whole that whole horror speech from from Apocalypse Now is just a direct quote from Theodore Roosevelt. Just, you must make a friend of horror, <laughs> bully, bully. This week, our Christmas episode is about a movie that we love dearly called El Dia de la Bestia. I'm glad that you could pronounce the Spanish for that because I cannot. It's pretty simple. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty dense. Okay. Yeah. But or the Day of the Beast. The Day of the Beast is is the way that you normally find it on streaming services yes. by searching that. This is a film by Alex de la Iglesia. Alex de la Iglesia. And this is a director that I've been exploring, and by virtue you have also been exploring yes. because. We we talk about this a little bit sometimes on the show, but usually after we've we've done the business of recording an episode, we relax and we watch another movie together. Sometimes just look like something dumb and fun. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we further our explorations into the into yeah. the esoteric and the bizarre. I mean, no matter it. what we watch, we are furthering our exploration. Uh, that's that's true. Yeah, that's absolutely. But uh, so we are both big David Lynch fans. Has been mentioned many times. Mm-hmm. We watched the movie Wild at Heart, which I. I'm a big fan of. Yeah, I was not the biggest fan, but it is definitely a singular experience. And it's a singular Lynch experience, because I feel it's very unlike his other films. Absolutely. And then we realized that there was a follow-up film to Wild at Heart. Called Perdita Durango. Perdita Durango, directed by this man. Alex de la Iglesia. Alex de la Iglesia. And so we, we tracked it down, we watched it. 
it was, it was unavailable for a long time, and it yes. came up. Severin released it, and it came up, and I snatched it up immediately because I've been waiting. Because it sounds so fucking crazy. Right. It stars two actors that we absolutely adore. Oh, I adore one of them especially. <laughs> Uh, Ms. Rosie Perez. Miss Rosie Perez and, and Javier Bardem. And Javier Bardem. And they, of course, are electric on screen Fucking together. killed it. Also features James Gandolfini. That's right, yes. Uh, and director Alex Cox, director of Repo Man. <laughs> oh my god. So, the, yeah, movie basically made for you specifically. Yes. But, but for, for us both as well. It's insane. It's mm-hmm. sexy. It's it's a, upsetting. It's, it's a lot like Wild at Heart, and yet nothing like Wild exactly. at Heart at the same time. But it's a singular experience. You definitely have to check it out. Yes. And even before that was on my radar, mm-hmm. I'd actually heard of this film a long time ago. Sure. But this was another one that was just unavailable. Until right. Also, this is another Severn release. And then we, and then you, but you realize that they were both directed by the same guy mm-hmm. after that. And then so you brought it over because it was already something you were interested in. I was now super interested in this guy's work yeah. after seeing that. And so we we popped it in. It was I think in the middle of the summer. We Probably. had no idea that it was a Christmas a movie. A Christmas movie. And we watched it and we were just blown the fuck away. Fucking hypnotized. Absolutely. Like, we were laughing our asses off. Mm-hmm. We were uh, just like marveling at just, some of the changes that happened in this film. We were horrified, we were <laughs> entranced, we were uh, we we were laughing, we were crying. It was, it w- yeah. Talking about a singular experience, I've never watched any movie like this. Before. There is no other movie like this, as far as I'm concerned. Not I, just and not just no Christmas movie, no movie, no movie like this. <laughs> this is, and obviously we'll get into it. But yeah, I while I was watching this, taking notes. Yeah. I, I'm always, because Repo Man is my favorite movie, Yes, I'm always searching for that Repo Man energy. Mm-hmm. This, what, what is Repo Man energy? It's hard to describe. Okay. It's like pornography. <laughs> okay. I know it when I see it. Gotcha. All right. But this gives me the same energy, that anarchic, sort of mm. satirical vibe, has commentary yes. on society, but it's also so crazy, and like, when you explain it to someone, you sound insane. Yes. Um, <laughs> let's briefly mention the... Other Alex de la Iglesias movie that you've seen, yes. Last Circus, yes, which is probably the least of the three. It's definitely the least of the three. It's definitely the least of the Still three. Still a great movie. Still a great movie. Still a trip. And uh, Alex de la Iglesias, I, we're learning, is just another one of these directors who is just so singularly themselves. Mm-hmm. The stuff that they do, it's, it's, it's anarchic, as you said. It's crazy. It's... Uh, satirical and it is violent as fuck. Yes. And if you are into just kind of losing your mind in kind of a threatening way for two hours, Alex de la Iglesias yep. is going to be your guy. Absolutely. And we do enjoy that kind of thing Absolutely. a lot. Now, I've checked out one of his more modern movies called The Bar. Mm hmm. Not as good. Right. Uh, much more. Well, what was the name of the one we were just talking about with the clowns? Last Circus. Last Circus is is also one of his more modern films, and that was also it is. weaker. But, well, that was like two thousands ish. Yeah, it was. Yeah, mid like 2000s, mid mid two thousands. This yeah. was like twenty seventeen. Okay, so very recent. Yes. It's still enjoyable. It just is not 
does not have the same spirit of those other three. Gotcha. He has... I don't know what's happened, but whatever he does, he is telling story. I assume he's telling the stories he wants to tell. Sure. And just the one story hopes. he's... I Yeah, one hopes. Mm-hmm. I just hope... or it, it just seems that the stories he wants to tell are much different mm-hmm. and more grounded than... Sure. Not every director can age as crazily as David Lynch has. No. Yeah. But let's briefly describe the plot of The Day of the Beast. If we can. Father Angel Barretua. Mm-hmm. A, a priest literally named Angel. Yep. Yes. Has figured out when the Antichrist will be born, mm-hmm. which will begin the end of the world. Yes. So, he wants to stop that. It's at midnight on Christmas Eve. Midnight on Christmas Eve. Yes. And that's all I really want to say. Yeah. So you just have this priest trying desperately to save the world, and that is that is the plot. But it's also a comedy. It is the blackest of black comedies. It's hilarious. Yes. As we mentioned, a horror film. Yes. A psychological thriller. Yes. This movie plays with so many levels. It hits so many notes on its <laughs> on its little keyboard. Of genre, I'm I'm getting like it, it is not John Carpenter. It is, is hitting it is, many notes. No, it is not fucking John Carpenter. I'm getting I'm I'm getting the image of the King from Amadeus in my head. Just it's just too many notes. It's just too many notes. <laughs> it's not too many notes though. Like they like it's it's I've an never, amazing tightrope act. There are movies that you will see and you'll be like, oh man, like I can see where they're trying to do a lot of crazy shit, but this is like such a tonal. I can't get into this. This, this plays with tone. This way, movie like, feels like you're being led through uh, a ropes course by a master acrobat. Like it's, it's like an expert lover just using fingertips to slowly change the mood. Like it's just like you don't even realize what's happening. Suddenly yeah. they're, they're like knuckled deep in your anus. <laughs> it feels like they always have been. <laughs> I don't even know that we need to do recommendations because we're clearly yeah we clearly fans of this movie fucking love this movie please watch it seek it out are it, there any more thoughts that you want to get into before spoilers I guess instead of recommendations not, uh, we should mention it's from Spain so it has okay. subtitles there I believe there is a dubbed version out there I didn't watch it uh, because no <laughs> no it's it's not <laughs> I do I can't imagine it would be worth it sometimes you get lucky like you did with machine girl I did get lucky with machine but girl. the performances in this film are so fucking excellent like I said there's certain movies that are good dubbed machine girl is good dubbed yeah because uh, it's schlocky it's hokey Godzilla like the bad Godzilla movies are good dubbed this movie is too good don't don't do it yeah. dubbed you, the, this this movie deserves to have the performances of the actor the original actors preserved and don't don't get me wrong when we're when we're saying horror comedy which conjures up a lot of imagery again like the, we mentioned krampus. krampus or i guess ghostbusters maybe uh, for christmas um, gremlins, is a, gremlins is a horror comedy um uh with a lot of the horror taken this out. is not a novelty movie this no. is not a gimmick movie this is a work of art yeah this is like this is a christmas movie in that like there's a lot of christmas imagery and it's specifically dealing with christ which is Unlike most Christmas movies. And it's set on Christmas Eve. And it's set on Christmas Eve. But, like, if, if in terms of, like, the story and the style of, of the film itself, I would say this is, this is a Christmas movie on the same level as Die Hard as a Christmas movie. Yes. Where... It is a movie that takes place on Christmas, and there are Christmas-like themes, and there are Chris- there's Christmas imagery, there's Christmas music, but the actual film itself is not necessarily 
a film that's a Christmas movie. Like, there's yes. no Santa Claus doesn't show up. No, they're not trying to save Christmas. They're trying to save the world. The world. They're trying to save the souls of humanity. It's like if the meteor on in Armageddon had a Christmas tree on it. Yeah, or or like, oh man, the meteor is going to land I guess it was on an Christmas. Asteroid. Sure, whatever. The the the, the Michael Bay big fuck you rock is going to land on Christmas Day. Like, yeah, that's 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 kind of the energy of this film. Yeah. Yeah. So let's begin. Yes. Uh, let's this get is into a, it. this is a 1995 film. It's not De La Iglesias' first film, which was Mutant Action. Yes. Which I really want to see. Of course, because it's called Mutant Action. It's called Mutant Action. I want to see if it wasn't directed by him. First film. Yeah. We begin with a Catholic priest, Father Angel Barriatua, going into a cathedral. He kneels down in front of a giant cross beside another priest mm-hmm. and confesses he is going to commit all the evil he can. Yes. This is one of the best fucking film openings I've seen. Like, this is one of my favorites. We sat down to watch this movie not knowing what it was about or what it was when we first saw it. And this scene sucks you in. Absolutely. So completely and quickly. We were just like, again, just like, just glued to the screen. And then the way that the scene ends, just... Well, we'll get to it. We'll get to that. We'll get to it. Yeah, I don't want to spoil too much. This is an... Again, we I, I talked about the tightrope act this movie walks constantly. Yes. We're given enough exposition to draw mm-hmm. us in, like you're saying, but the mystery is still there. Like information is doled yeah. out so expertly in this. It's not one of those things where they're like, as we both know, and yes. then they explain everything. Well, they sort of do a little bit of that because these guys are colleagues. Right. Uh Angel says he's cracked the code. Yes. And he whispers to the priest and shows him some notes. Mm-hmm. The other priest, who was initially skeptical, saying, why are you doing this? Just just give it up. Yes. Is now convinced. 100% right. on board. But they're talking about the thing that they know about in a way that two people who already know about the thing would. And yes. therefore, the audience is given just enough information to be interested. There's a code not, that's been cracked. Not enough information serious. to know what the hell they're talking about. The priest agrees to help on hell. Mm-hmm. And he says that their enemy is powerful yes. and may have already heard this conversation. Yes. A grand, again, a nice bit of feeding the line out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Angel, I didn't get this the first time we watched it. Yes. Angel asks if they can bear this cross. Oh, the God. Other pri- the other priest says they can. Then he is almost immediately... Wait, he says, we just have to stick together. <laughs> And Angel is 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 held back as he's walking he, down. He bends down to pick, up some, shoe, pa- pick up some papers, and then almost immediately the other priest is flattened by the giant cross. And when we first saw this, we laughed our asses off. I we were dying because again the scene is so expertly done. It's so so serious, serious and intense. And then just fucking Buster Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> And that's something else I want to say. Watching the scene for the first time, when we first watched it, like, you know, you're like, what's going on? What's yeah. this code? Who's the enemy? Like, you know, all, all this stuff. And then the cross hits, and it's like, the rug is literally pulled out from under yes. you. Watching it for a second time, for this for this episode, now knowing what the answers to all the questions you have going into it are, the scene still works. It's This is a... And in fact, is like... Even funnier the second time for Absolutely, me. Absolutely, because again, I picked up on the cross thing. The uh, cross thing and all this. You pick up on all the little things that are going to pay off later. 
And also, when you first see it, you just see when the, the opening shot of him running into the church. You just see a scared priest yes. running into the church, and you're like, "Oh no, the scared priest! What's what's the wrong with the priest?" When you watch it a second time, and his head pops into frame, it is like I just said, Buster Keaton. It's like like Stan Laurel popping into into <laughs> camera and just be like, "Oh, like like the 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 Benny Hill theme plays in my head as he's like staggering in a in a depressed waddle into the church and i'm like oh god here we go because you also realize he's not just scared because the antichrist is going to be born in a few days yes he's scared because now he has to commit all these sins and meet the fucking devil yes as we'll get as to. we'll get into but um, also i wrote down the the production design inside that church i don't know if it was a real church but it's a fucking beautiful it's, church. it's great yeah and i also want to point out like i talk a lot on this show about how I can watch a movie I love and take notes for it and it's still a fucking painful process. Yes. Or how if I don't watch a movie before my first watch, like Meet the Hollowheads is a note-taking thing. Yes. It's it's excruciating. Yeah. The only problem I had taking notes for this movie was I was just like, man, I wish I could just watch this fucking movie. Like, it didn't, it didn't detract from it at all. It was just like, fuck, I gotta type this up. This is still so good. Yeah, I think, I, I think that I would have had an easier time taking notes if I had been in charge of doing plot synopsis for gotcha. it this time. But because I, because I am not in charge of, of summarizing the film this mm. time, I was just taking notes on things that occurred to me to say, or things well, that were interesting to me. And it was so hard because... Everything that happened, I was just you like, just I like, like this shit. I like that shit. This shit is good. That's good. This is funny. I'm laughing. <laughs> and I was like, this is going to be the most boring episode ever. Great. Yeah, but, you know, we can cut that part out, but still. No, we'll cut that in because <laughs> I, I love your enthusiasm. Yeah. And I just want to point out, like, we watch a lot of movies for the show that we love. Yeah. The, I've never seen you this, like, up about a movie. I I just, I had a really good time watching it's, this again. It's fucking fantastic. I really had a really good time. Father Angel walks through downtown Madrid committing sins. <laughs> again, this, this opening is fucking amazing. Uh, he steals from a beggar. He steals a wallet off a dying man in this horrific car accident scene. But it's great because you can tell that he... Has he? He has never committed a sin in his life yes. before. This is like the most stereotypical cartoon version of a priest. So the when he steals from the homeless man, it's not like he like like kicks him and like takes his money or something. No, no he he very like purposely like. Well, I guess I gotta do it. And like comes up to the guy, picks up his little tin of coins, pours out a couple of them into his hand, puts them in his pocket, puts it down politely, and then just walks away. And <laughs> and when he goes to steal from the dying man, he goes up and lets him kiss his his uh, his cross yeah, that he has he around his neck. He's gonna give him last rites as he's about to give him last rites, and then he looks around and is like, okay, and he like takes <laughs> takes the wallet out of his takes coat, his wall, and then he whispers in his ear, "I hope you rot in hell." Yeah. <laughs> He's so like, I just gotta do it like, about the whole thing. But my favorite detail is like to be really satanic. After he he looks through the wallet, then he yes. puts a devil tarot card oh my into the wallet like it's a picture of his fucking nephew. Yeah. <laughs> and then he puts on a he headphones. Yes. <laughs> uh, presumably listening to some heavy metal. To listen to some heavy, like he has the most white bread middle america understanding i know this is an, uh, a spanish film yes but like the mo my, in in my like 
idea uh my my best mode of it's comparison a common culture that's like, the most like bible belt understanding of what sin is yes yeah probably my favorite crime that father on hell commits <laughs> he pushes a mime off a pedestal yes so i was watching this movie with with my wife kaylee who i've mentioned a couple times on the show and uh she was just sort of in the room with me at first doing other things and the first time she looked up at the screen was the moment <laughs> Of this little priest with headphones on, walking by, looking up at a, at, a, at, a, at a mime, and just pushing him down a subway hole. <laughs> and him going, ah! And then just wandering off. And she's like, what an asshole! And I was like, well, yeah, <laughs> he, he needs to commit as much He's, sin as he can. Yeah, this is what <laughs> sin is. This is how you meet the devil. Yes. You fuck with mimes. You got... <laughs> You gotta convince him that you're one of his 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 crew. There's a great insane detail. Uh, mm-hmm. Father on Hell looks inside a toy shop window. Yes, and he sees a figure of Baby Sinclair from Dinosaurs with a handgun. <laughs> what Not the, f- the mama. Bam, bam. <laughs> the later seasons of Dinosaurs got real dark. Well, you you know how dinosaurs ended. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I do. They got I do. Real dark. So there's like a double meaning to that joke. Absolutely. Yeah. We learned that a homeless man was burned alive, and the words "Clean Up Madrid" were found at the scene. Yes. On Hell also sees an ad for a TV psychic named Professor Cavan. Mm-hmm. Cavan, yes. whose telephone number is mostly sixes. <laughs> it's six six six. Six 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 six. My God, uh, Kevin is played by one of the only non-Spanish actors in the film. He, an Italian actor, because it's also an Italian co-production. It's an Italian co-production, they and insist they insisted, on... ins- like Americans will often insist on having American actors in their co-productions. Uh, they insisted on having an Italian actor in one of the lead roles, and I guess spo- even more spoilers on top of the spoilers. Uh, Kevin is going to be very important in this film. Absolutely. Kevin is played by Armando de Raza. Nice. There's a little detail in the background. It has nothing to do with anything, but I liked it a lot. He passes by a sex shop that has decorated a blow-up doll with Christmas lights for the holiday. Yeah. And I'm like... You're doing a sex shop right. You're doing sex shop right if you're if that's your window. You have display. a lot of hard opinions on how sex shops should be run. I just think that people need to put the appropriate amount of effort into them, yeah. and this person is doing that. They need to put the Christ in Christmas. They need to, <laughs> exactly Christmas being yo mom and Christ being my dick. <laughs> See, that would be the tagline for this for this <laughs> yeah. sex shop on their absolutely televised commercials that they have one time mm-hmm. very late at night yeah uh, i was at a friend's house we were i suppose it could be some sort of alcohol hallucination sure but i swear to god i saw an infomercial for dildos great so it could happen i am uh a little surprised but i i, I really want to see this infomercial now I it was very long ago. I only ever saw it once. Sure, I, sure. It could have been a fever dream. I don't know. Could have been. Could have been. On hell also gets a flyer for some sort of occult symposium. Yes. Here's where we find out he wants to see the devil. Effect which scares off the leaflet passer out guy. Father On Hell is played by Alex Angulo, who is also in Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, I ha- I I thought I remembered him, and then I realized I haven't seen Pan's Labyrinth in so long. It's I been don't actually remember what any of the characters look like. An extremely long time for me as well. I just remember the monsters and the little girl. Yes. Yeah. And I remember there's a brutal beating with a glass bottle. 
And I remember the one side of the bad guy's face being cut open, but because that was like gorier than most things I'd seen when yes. I first watched that movie. <laughs> Father Angel goes into a record store. Yes. Where the clerk, who we'll, we will later find out is named Jose Maria. Yes. Is putting someone's head through a glass case. <laughs> Jose Maria's are heavy. He's going to deal out most of the violence in yes. this film. Yes. Jose. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Father Angel hands uh, Jose Maria a list of bands he wants to check out. Iron Maiden, Napalm Death, or as he spells it, Napalm Dez. Mm-hmm. And also... <laughs> Something that is supposed to be ACDC. Hasa de say. Hasa de say. <laughs> I did not pick up on that joke either time we watched it. Yeah. I, I looked it up I, later. Same. And like Hasa de say, uh, misinterpreting ACDC as Hasa de say is so smart. That's such a it's good such joke. such a great joke. That I didn't pick up on it at all. <laughs> we also find out that uh, Angel is... He's technically a priest, but he's a theology professor. Yeah, he's a priest and a theology professor. I had a film professor who was a monk. Really? Yeah, for real. Tony Shaloub. <laughs> uh, he had Tony Shaloub's hair, and he did act like a Tony Shaloub character most gotcha. of the time. Unhel asked the clerk to demo a record, insisting you play it backwards. Yes. <laughs> which is a great bit of satanic panic. If, you, if you're not aware, mm-hmm. they used to believe that... Uh, if you played records backwards, you would hear satanic messages from the bands. Back in the... I don't remember how long it went on for. I know it was a big deal in the 80s, yes. for sure. Uh, if you if you ever want to treat... If you're not familiar with this and you ever want to treat, look up the time that D. Snyder of Twisted Sister was called in to testify before Congress. He came in in costume <laughs> and wrote out his deposition crumpled it up on purpose in his back pocket so that he could make a big show of like flattening it out on the desk before delivering this actually incredibly well-written speech about yeah. how much uh, tipper gore could go fuck herself and jose maria rightly points out that yeah i'll play it backwards it'll sound the same but it'll fuck up the needle <laughs> he does it anyway because jose maria does not give a shit about anything jose maria is great. Oh, he's, he's <laughs> he he actually became this this actor was completely unknown. Yes, he wasn't supposed to get this part. It was supposed to go to uh, Javier Bardem was up for it. Javier Bardem, he who didn't want it, didn't want it. Understandable. But this actor, uh, uh, Santiago, Santiago Segura, Segura, completely unknown actor. This character became so popular, he ended up being in commercials. Yeah, for uh, Canal Plus. And now he's a Guillermo del Toro mainstay. Yeah, he's uh, he's had a career not just as an actor, but a director and writer and producer. I'm so proud of him. Uh, he was in Perdita Durango, The Last Circus, mm-hmm. also by Iglesias, uh, as well as Blade Two. He has a surprisingly large part in Blade Two. Tiptoes. The uh, the Gary Oldman pretends to be a little oh, person movie. Oh no! Right, I forgot about that movie. Pacific Rim, as you said, he's a Del Toro mainstay. Yes, and Jack and Jill, the Adam Sandler film. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's getting work. Yeah, no, I will never. He's a working actor. He's a working actor. He he'll he'll take what he, there's I, no shame in taking I, work. I love him to bits. The clerk. Jose Maria turns him on to a band called Satanica. Satanica. And tells him that they're playing tomorrow in a venue at a venue called Hell or possibly in Hell. I think it's called In Hell. In yeah. Hell. 
Also, Santiago Segura is not a metal fan. No, he likes uh, Frank Sinatra. He likes Frank Sinatra in real life, which was really funny because the only time you can really tell, because he plays the part super well, the only time you can really tell is he turns on Santanica and immediately starts like really getting into <laughs> fate, like air drumming, and he's just drumming the entirely wrong beat. Well, <laughs> it's entirely possible that he had no clue what they would actually dub into that track. Most of the time on film sets, that is correct. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he absolutely looks the part. He's a little bit pot-bellied. Yes. Has long, stringy hair, sort of balding, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. beard, a lot of piercings. He he represents, in in the naive and entirely sheltered view of, of Angel, uh, he represents, like, the picture of degeneracy and sin. That man must be a Satanist. Right. Because this is what I assume Satanists look like. And at a certain point he even says, you're a Satanist, right? And and and, and uh, Jose says, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Because again, Jose Maria does not give a fuck. He doesn't give a fuck. But tomorrow night is Christmas Eve. Yes. And Angel will be busy. Of course. But the clerk gives him the name of a hostel. Mm-hmm. Angel goes to the hostel and rents a room. We learned that the hostel is run by Jose Maria's mother, Rosario, mm-hmm. and she is helped by a younger woman named Mina, mm-hmm. and Mina seems to only wear the same very cleavage-revealing clothes. Yes. Well, she she does change shirts once in the Okay. Movie. Yeah, she, 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 she changes, changes to a much sexier yeah, outfit She changes later. from a midriff-revealing top to a boob-revealing top. And also thigh highs with the lace tops revealed. Yes. I will say this for Alex de la Iglesias. Yes. There's not a lot of nudity in his movies, or barely any. Like not there's really. There's some in Perdita Durango. There is some, but even then... Even then, it is more equal nudity than you get in most Hollywood films. Yes, very true. And in most exploitation films that we see at all. But, the, like, he, he still enjoys a nice-looking lady. Of we course. get a couple of them in this film. Mm-hmm. But he's not a pervy director. Not really, no. I, don't, I mean, well, we don't know anything about his home life, but, like... True, but his films... His films do not come across as pervy. They come part, across as gross, but they don't come across as pervy. They yeah. come. The content is gross. The vibe of the film is not gross, though. Yeah, important distinction. Yes. Angel goes to a bookstore and tries to seal a book by Professor Coven. Oh, first when he, in one of my favorite scenes, uh, he because it's another one of those things where it's walking that exact line between comedy and horror. Absolutely. He go when he checks into his room. He goes into the room, right. there's a cross on the wall, he slaps he it off the wall, off. he pulls out a cigarette and lights it, and incredibly, against against his better judgment, yeah. like he, you can tell he doesn't want to do this, starts smoking the cigarette, like, oh, I hate this, he's coughing. And then, just to add that extra layer of horror, he starts mutilating his own feet. He burns himself with the, the cigarette. The and we're going to later see that he has burned himself in the... The shape of a cross. Yes. And last thing before we get to the bookstore, on his... This is something I really didn't notice the first time we watched. On his way out, the the, the Jose's mother is complaining that Mina should not have let the priest in. He said, I don't care who you let in. If we don't know him, we don't let him in. Because someone who did that a little while ago... They were attacked with a syringe. And oh. I tell you, if someone... I wish someone would try that here, because I would give them both barrels of my shotgun. Yes. And I was Mucho like, Edgar Wright, fucking eat your heart out. <laughs> yes. 
because it feels so natural. It feels yeah, so it doesn't natural. feel like obviously, a thing. Obviously, you're bringing that up because it's going to come up later. It is, but it yes. just feels like flavor. It just feels like part it, of the meal. Like it doesn't feel like this is a screw. Pay attention. Yeah. Um, no, it just feels like natural dialogue for the characters to have. And at the time, while the priest is doing bad things, he's so sympathetic and so likable, like instantly yeah. likable, that we're watching it for the first time and they're saying all that stuff and, and we're like, oh... They don't need to worry about They him. don't need to worry about him, but like, oh, well, we'll see. <laughs> Angel goes to a bookstore yes. and tries to steal a book by Professor Coven, yes. but he is caught and taken to the manager. Yes, because he's very, he's very, like, he, he takes the... He's he, super obvious. He destroys the display, takes the book off of it, and puts it in his thing in full view of an employee. Literally right in front of the cash register. Literally, yeah, in full view. Angel tells the manager that he can't buy the book because he needs to learn to do evil. <laughs> so he can contact Satan. Right. He studied the Apocalypse of John for 25 years and found a cryptogram, and he's cracked it. It reveals the date of the end of the world. Now, my favorite part of this is that he, he specifically says as he's explaining it, and he's explaining it like it's the most obvious and rational yeah. thing in the world for him to be saying. To because he has it mathematically worked out. Right. He, he says that he, he realized that the holy word of God should not be looked at as poetry. It should not be looked at as a, in a symbolic way. Mm -hmm. It needs to be looked at as a hard scientific factual thing yes taking a biblical literal literalism to a whole new extreme and saying i just realized it it's all this inconsistency and stuff in the bible it's not because it's a metaphor or or symbology it's just a cipher yeah and i just i broke the cipher and i figured it out i cracked the code <laughs> there you go and i'm just i as as someone who grew up in a very theology-heavy household. That is so fucking funny to me. <laughs> like, I don't know that most people will find that funny. To me, that is so fucking well, funny. again, it adds to the layer of, like... As movie watchers, we're like, he's right. I know he's right. Because sure. that's the movie. <laughs> yeah, because that's... Right, that's the Dan Brown, that's the movie. That's, yeah. that's, that's the way that movies work. But at the same time, it's all fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And Alex de la Iglesias knows that. Right, and so does the manager. Yes. <laughs> well, and we've seen this bit in so many other movies. Yes. It's not original. The manager is like going, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. this is this is fascinating. We're going to get this all so, sorted out. Then he peeks his head out the door and says, call the asylum. <laughs> so he's like, call the police. But it works so well. Like, that actor playing the manager sells it so well. Oh, yes. It's a classic comedic beat, but it is, yeah, it's, it's done well. It's still served to you correctly right and he but even better immediately after he's like hey call the asylum he turns around and is immediately conked on the fucking head with an iron that he conveniently had on his desk <laughs> on hell on hell has difficulty with the smaller sins yes but takes to violence like a duck to water <laughs> it's all part of that escalation Yep. He got, he cut his teeth on like assaulting that mime. So yes. he's like, that was a, like a little small thing to do. Now, once you get the ball rolling, it, like you just start to pick it up like little big planet. You, you get, you get into that shit. That's Katamari Damacy. What? Katamari Damacy, where you oh. pick things up and roll up bigger things. And... That's right. Never mind. That's okay. <laughs> you tried to be cool. I did try. 
In the kitchen the next morning, Angel finds the record store clerk, Jose Maria. Yes. Father Angel tells Jose Maria about his need to invoke the devil because tonight, on Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. ding dong merrily along, mm-hmm. the Antichrist will be born, but he doesn't know where. Right. And he has to sell his soul to the devil, but he doesn't know how. Classic problem. How many times have you found yourself in this situation, Billy? Oh, man, I've lost count. You lose your keys. Yep. Uh, you stub your toe. Yep. You're like, I need to sell my soul to the devil. <laughs> and I don't know how. I chipped a tooth. Yeah. I lost my lucky rabbit's foot. And, and I, I tell you, you know what's a real kick in the pants? What? Is that the Church of Satan isn't, they don't really know either. Yeah. Like I did, I looked into it. They're just humanist. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And like, no, like what people I think. was, I was sold this, this idea that they could tell me how to sell my soul to Satan and they just don't know how to do it. Yeah. Uh, most of what, most people who would actually call themselves Satanists right. are just like, again, like you said, humanists. Humanist, yeah. Or yeah. dickholes. Or dickholes. But, <laughs> but like harmless dickholes. Yeah, yeah. Just like annoying. Yeah, just but, kind of, but kind, mostly, kind of like atheists. Sort of. Yeah, either they're, they're humanists or they're assholes. Exactly. And a little bit annoying. Uh, yeah. But yeah, mostly it's just about free will and yeah. uh, not being terrible. Gotcha. Just a second. Uh, also, in the second time that, before really getting invested in the movie, as she did later, that my wife looked up uh, to at the wrong point <laughs> oh, when watching yes. this movie, she looked up just in time to see Jose's grandfather uh, wander in with an open bathrobe and full frontal nudity. <laughs> I don't know how offensive it is, but I want to ask you to stop calling him Jose. I'm sorry. His name is Jose Maria. They always refer to him as Jose Maria. Oh, is that fully his first name? I think so. I thought that Maria was his last name and that mm. Jose was his first name. No, because they always call him Jose Maria or sometimes okay. he says Jose Marie. So it's um, like a compound name. Yeah, like Jean-Paul. All right. And then if that is offensive, then I fully apologize. I don't think it, I don't know that it's necessarily offensive. But We're two white guys. We don't know. True. But like if, if it, uh, no offense meant uh, Jose Maria. Actually, shit. I should have done this at the top of the show. Hey. But I keep forgetting to do this. Yes. In the cigarette, in the cigarette burns episode. Yes. I dead named a trans woman. Did you, did we? Or did you? I did. The writer, one of the writers on Cigarette Burns... Yes. ...has since transitioned into... Did we know that? I did not know that. Well, I think I knew that at the time. Okay. And I think I mentioned it. But in mentioning it, I dead-named them to explain who they were. Right. Yes. Which uh, is... Yeah. The writer is now... Uh, the writer is Rebecca Swan. Okay. They were formerly known by something else. Right. I should have just referred to them as Rebecca Swan. Right. We were trying to explain it, and we didn't think through the fact that that is a whole, huge problem. It's not the best way to go about people. it. Yeah. So as, well, I, I think I learned that with Elliot Page, and how yes. some people handled that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I. Yeah. That was a good learning moment for I think for a lot of people. But I just wanted to get that out. I should have gotten mm-hmm. that out at the top of the show. But I've been forgetting about it. So I wanted to bring it up now. Yeah, well, well, we we have now brought it up. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Jose Maria and Angel watch Kavan's show, mm-hmm. which has the most amazing mid '90s CGI opening ever. Oh yes, it's not like I'm not even gonna <laughs> bother to try to explain it. It's just magnificent. You know the vibe you get when you watch uh, the old uh, HBO feature presentation uh, mm, promo yes. that used to exist. 
before it was replaced by that shitty static thing that they have now. That's the vibe. <laughs> that's the that's the vibe. By the way, HBO, bring that back. <laughs> Why'd you ever change it? Kavan's show is called The Dark Zone. On the show, Kavan touts that they have the devil before introducing a boy who... The most grumpy and unimpressed looking child. Yes. <laughs> who had been possessed by the devil. Now, this yes. kid mm-hmm. is actually a big singer in Spain. Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay. I know that there are a couple of, like, semi-celebrity cameos in the film yes. that I that we just didn't pick up on because we're, we're not from Madrid. No. Yeah. Uh, we're shown footage of Kavan's exorcism. And here, I noted this. Mm-hmm. It's hilariously fake and ridiculous. It is. But it ends up not being. It turns it ends out up later being on. legit. Yeah. Which is fucking amazing and hilarious. It is. Like, like you're watching it and you think the joke is going to be that they're going to find this guy. And to a certain extent, this is the case. Yeah. And the guy's going to be a fake. And, like, everything that happened in the show was fake. Because it really looks that way. It's so it's it's it's, it's so, so funny. ridiculous. And it over looks the top. like an it's S- fucking hilarious. It looks like an SNL sketch when it you're watching really it. It really does. And then it turns out later, yes, he is a faker. Yes, he is like a TV psychic. But that exorcism absolutely happened yes. exactly the way that they're showing it. And Angel immediately buys it, which good for him. He recognized game. Recognized game. <laughs> He also says as they're drive as they're driving away from the diner or whatever they were in that they were watching it in, he says that that was the first program I've ever seen. Yes, um, <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. That's amazing. And granted, it's today that would seem especially insane. Yes, but this was 1995, Spain, heavily religious, obviously very naive. It's. I think it was still crazy at the time. I'm sure it was I, crazy, yeah. but it was. I can still picture a setting where mm-hmm. he would grow up and have never seen a television program. That's true. Nowadays, there would be more of an explanation of, like, from a very young age, I was sequestered in my room yeah. and told that I could only... Like, there would have been more like, I grew up on a compound, like, that, yes. that sort of thing. In the movie, they don't feel the need to explain that. They're just like, oh, he's a very... He's a very holy priest. It doesn't matter what the exp- like. I just find it in my mind, but it doesn't need justification because it's just fucking hilarious. It's just fucking hilarious. Like that—that's that, that, the first thing he's ever seen on television. He's like, "Yep, okay." Similar vibe. It's—it's it's as if the very first thing you ever saw on TV and the only thing you ever saw was Ghost Adventures with Zach Bagans. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Are you not familiar with Zach Bagan's work? I know of Ghost Adventures and the various ghost hunting shows, and I have a very low opinion of them. Ghost Adventures is the worst one. Really? Like, Zach Bagan's is... Do they fuck the ghosts on screen? <laughs> like, they rape the ghosts? No, but it's... it. Have you ever seen that Kroll Show sketch where it's a bunch of Jersey Shore no, bouncers? I no, I know what it's like. I That's know what Ghost Adventures is like. Oh, bro, there are ghosts in this house, bro. <laughs> oh, bro. That's mocking the Trinity, bro, because there are three of them, bro. Like, it's... Yeah, I want to shoot myself just listening. <laughs> In college, there was a group of us who were very obsessed with the show. Well... Yeah. A lot of people waste time on a lot of dumb things. Especially in college, yes. Yeah. That's that's where most of the SNL audience is. Later, they follow Kavan home from the studio. Mm-hmm. Kavan enters a convenience store that has been trashed, and the staff has been murdered yes. by the Clean Up Madrid crew. Because and, the staff appear to be immigrants. And he doesn't bat a fucking eye. He doesn't eye. bat an eye, he doesn't <laughs> blink. He just grabs some booze and tosses some money on the counter. By this point, my wife was fully invested in the film. <laughs> and that is some straight Repo Man shit. 
You're right. That is an absolutely Repo Man scene. Also, I, I wrote down a note at this point. I don't remember laughing this hard at this point in the first film, the first time I watched the movie. Because at this point, like, when you're watching the film for the first time, like, the tone is definitely there. And you, yeah. you were definitely laughing. But I think we were still trying to figure out, where is this film going? And now you knew and the now roadmap. Knowing you were exactly, comfortable with it. I'm like, I'm knowing what the film is going in, I was totally into the vibe, and I was just Absolutely. having a fucking ball. Now, I will say this. Mm -hmm. I... If I laugh out loud at a movie that I'm watching by myself, it's yeah. it's something special. Usually mm -hmm. I need to feed off someone else's energy. Sure. It helps if I've had a few drinks. Sure. So when I watched this, I didn't laugh out loud, but I still knew it was funny. Like, it's right. still fucking yeah. hilarious yeah. to me. I get it. Kavan arrives at home with Angel quickly arriving at his door. Kavan mm -hmm. does not believe Angel as he gives a spiel, mm -hmm. but eventually goes to get his planner because he figures he'd make good TV. Sure. As soon as he grabs his planner, Angel knocks him out with a gong mallet and ties him up. And again, I, I made a reference to Stan Laurel earlier. That was a joke, but also it was not a joke at all. Yeah. The the way that the priest is played, like he does have dialogue, yeah. but the, the humor from him is very much a silent movie comic oh, absolutely. vibe. This actor is amazing. He's so good. We, In this bit where he goes to get his, it's not a surprise that he gets knocked out. He goes to get I his... I think it's a surprise. Like He goes to get his planner and we fully see the priest like go up to a gong and get like the, 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 the hammer for the gong out and then like try to silence the gong and he's got like this like his eyebrows are permanent he literally looks like Stan Laurel from Laurel and Hardy. Like one, like oh, I gotta get this. Oh yeah, oh, oh bong. Oh now you're gone. Like like he's it's so fucking good. But the thing is, even though you see him do it, I was still like, he's not going to hit him with that <laughs> gong mallet. <laughs> oh shit, he did. He did. No, he's it, this. This priest is one of my favorite movie characters of all time we, at this point. Along with Jose Maria. Jose Maria's great. Yes. No, Calvon's pretty great. They're a great, like, triple act or double act. Does You can mix and match these three however you want, and they're fucking hilarious. They're like the three stooges. It doesn't matter what combination is on screen at that moment. It fucking works. Now, here is where the movie really begins to blend in the psychological horror. Yes. Because it was... In with the black comedy. Like, it was mm -hmm. pointing towards thriller, towards horror. But here you realize, like, how insanely committed to his crusade on hell is. Mm -hmm. The movie does this tightrope tight act so deftly where yes. we have absolutely no clue whether on hell is crazy or not. But he is 100% certain and willing to do anything he needs to do, which is frightening. Like, now it's not just like, yeah. oh, the priest is doing funny things. Now it's like, that priest is hurting a charlatan, but an innocent charlatan. Yes. He has, the actor, he doesn't just do, like, slapstick comedy. He plays this part entirely seriously. Absolutely. Like, right down the line, he is a true blue paladin of this thing like he he absolutely believes wholeheartedly in what he's doing and that's how the, you have to play this character that's the only way because not only you could play him as like a uh, like a goofy like uh crazy priest It'd character be so much less though and it would be it would it would ruin the movie 
it would be a it would be a legit way that an actor might think, oh, this is how I play him, but it would ruin the film. The only reason that this film works is because they got an actor this good to play this part, and he makes you even as he's doing horrible things and you as an audience member are being like, oh shit, he's doing awful things. Yeah. You care about him through everything that he does mm -hmm. because he is so sincere the and, entire way. And it's amazing because things are going to get so much worse. They're going to get so much worse. They are already getting very bad. No, it's really bad. <laughs> they are Taking a get, hostage is bad. He's taking a hostage, he starts beating him with a stick. Uh, Angel is outlining his theory for Kavan and how he figured out what the Day of the Beast will be. Yes. They need to save the world. Yes. By killing the Antichrist and stopping the end of the world. Mm -hmm. By this time, Jose Maria has gotten bored in the car and has come up to the apartment. Well, he got bored, then he had to move the car because the cops made him. Right. Yeah. Angel says that the birth of the Antichrist will imitate the birth of the actual Christ. Yes. As a mockery. Which is another thing that reminded me of Ghost Adventures, because their most their their most common way of being like, oh, there's a demon here, would be like, anytime they saw three of anything, it was like, it's yeah. mocking the Trinity, it's mocking the Trinity. Yeah. I like it much more here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here, no. <laughs> here, it feels, here it feels more like natural, where it's like, yeah. Yeah, sure, I guess the devil is just super salty and lives his life like, oh, shit, Christ is doing this? Yeah. Guess I gotta do the opposite. Right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's. I feel like 75% of Christianity just views the devil as a petty bitch. But like oh, the most yes. The devil, like the most powerful petty bitch, I won't say who I immediately thought of when I thought of the most powerful petty bitch. Um... <laughs> But I'm sure you can guess. I'm sure you can probably guess. I'm sure you could probably guess. But like it's the Barbara Streisand, right? Yeah, yeah. We all we all knew. But like the theology, theology in this movie is it's sus it's, at best. It's not as bad as say the Nun. Sure, but it is very. Well, there much, was no theology in the Nun. There, yeah. Uh, there, but the theology in this film is very much based on a sort of urban legend level um, understanding yes so for instance not every faith i don't know there are many people who are listening to this who might not have grown up in a christian household there are many christians who do not believe in the i in the, like the damian omen version of revelation no the idea of like an actual born antichrist yes uh there are many christians who don't believe in the rapture uh this whole thing about like well, the devil mocking the church is a very sort of like witch finder general idea and again, of the this, devil. Which is perfect for this movie because yeah. this movie equates like heavy metal like with the devil. Like, right. But He's isn't, a, this it, guy's a professor of theology, but he is... He doesn't know what a fucking antichrist actually is. Right. Which in biblical terms, I believe, you can correct me if I'm wrong, sure. but as someone who's just opposed to Christ... And that is essentially all that Antichrist, the word itself, means. Yeah. There are Revelation is a whole soup of interpretation and 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 uh, and also and, and and prophecy, which is never a one to one thing. Yes. Unless you're in this movie, in which case it's a cipher. Exactly. But the the way that I was always raised was to look at Revelation as if the Antichrist is just another name for Satan himself. Sure. But to be clear, Satan, as the character as you and I know him, also never appears in the Bible, ever. There are a lot of different interpretations, 
And the one that this movie is going with for everything is the most popular and identifiable interpretation yes. of anything because we do not have time. <laughs> we exactly. do not have time exactly to get into which this is, shit. Which is almost hilarious. And part of me wants to believe it's a meta, a meta part of the narrative. Sure. I don't think it is. I don't care. But it's it's insane that Father Angel's mm-hmm. interpretation of Revelations, the Apocalypse of John, whatever, yes. is so pop culture and mainstream when he has never viewed a television program or a movie, we can assume. Right, yeah, yeah. And I think the Apocalypse that he's referring to, the Apocalypse of John or whatever. Revelations. Is that, is that, and there's I another name so. for Revelation? Okay. Because it's not a name in the English translation of the Bible. Or any English I think it's just another way of referring to Revelations. And also, uh, I I will say, at first I was was watching the movies like, man, his theology is really messed up. Like, why is a professor of theology in this movie? If if and then I realized, if you look into the history of theology and the study of theology, you realize very quickly that religion means a lot to people. Yes, and because of that. The study of theology, while it is very fascinating and interesting to get into that minutia and 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 search for the truth, is never a scientific process. No, and there are a lot of so-called professors of theology who believe very silly things. Yes. Uh, so I'm actually fully on board with this idea of Van Hell having some very bizarre ideas. Absolutely. Again, <laughs> again, the movie works. So well that I don't give a shit. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, it, I just don't care. The character reads the way he's supposed to read, and that's fine. Another way that they will participate in this imitation of the nativity. Yes. Angel, Jose Maria, and Kavan will serve as the three wise men. Sure. Angel gives Kavan one more whack on the head with a cane. Yes. And finally he relents and begins to tell them how to summon the devil. Yes. One of the necessities is hallucinogenic mushrooms. Of course. Which they will use LSD as a cheat. Yes. Now, I we made a joke about the Church of Satan a minute ago. Apparently, everything that he gives them in this, in this scene, in this movie, is something that the director took from a Satanist church. Sure. Like, well, we should... There's a lot of people who do a lot of fucked up shit. Yes. Or unfucked up shit that just appears fucked up. Mm-hmm. When we talk about the Church of Satan or whatever, those are different from... Like, there's a there's cult. a lot of people who claim to be worshippers of Satan. We When we're talking about the humanist ones, we're talking about stuff that we know from American culture. Yeah. We don't know what's going on in Spain. Well, I'm clearly. just saying, I'm just saying, like... <laughs> Black masses and shit like that. There, there are outlined rituals for that. Yes, that doesn't mean if a person says they're a Satanist, they're doing that. No, it doesn't mean that. But I, I, I can imagine a Satanist putting doing this just to get high and fuck around with friends. Sure, and not necessarily involve as much assault in the in yes. the recipe as will be happening in a minute. Kavan breaks again and begins raving about how they're idiots and psychos, which only prompts Angel on hell to chide him. Asking Kavan again. He's like this again. It's so menacing. But he's just being like, he's a teacher. Like He's like, you're a dumb student and Mm -hmm. I got to discipline you. He asks him if he likes using violence before hitting him more with the cane. He's specifically not not asking Kavan if Kavan likes to use violence. He says, do you think I like doing this? And then just fucking wrecks him across yes. the face it is 
again, that tightrope, it is funny, it is scary, it, it is, is fucked up, it is all of that at the same fucking time. And again, time. in any other movie, mm-hmm. Kavan would be like the main character and these men would invade his house. Right. But the An Angel would be a character like the dad, like the 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 patriarch of the family in uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, sure, like a real fucked up weirdo. But instead, yeah. the movie has decided he's the most sympathetic character. <laughs> <laughs> and here's where I noted the actor for Angel is great. I mm-hmm. placed the character as you were saying with the same level throughout. Yes, uh, but we see the different sides. Yes. When he's hitting Kavan, he does it with the same measured tone he always does. Mm-hmm. Which just makes it scarier. They also need the blood of a maiden. Mm-hmm. The doorbell rings. Yes. It's Kavan's girlfriend, mm-hmm. who had left a message saying she was coming over. Mm-hmm. Kavan shouts at her to run, and she does with Angel chasing her with the bloody cane. Again, this is horrifying. This In is a, any this is, other movie... This is straight up out of American Psycho. Absolutely. Yeah. Great chase where our hero POV uh, again. I just, <laughs> I was trying to find the right word. I said hero POV protagonist protagonist uh, yeah. whatever is the real object of fear. Mm-hmm. Like he's a psychopath. Yeah. Again, again we kind of like American Psycho. Actually, now that I think about it, again, like we're trained by movies to be like, okay, he's probably right about all this. Right. But at the same time, the movie's making us be like... Like, this lady didn't ask for this. This is not... Maybe he is right about it, but this isn't okay. Yeah, yeah. Susanna, Susanna, Calvin's girlfriend, trips Mm -hmm. and gets knocked out. Susanna, my wife's favorite character in the whole movie. She is... She's Susanna. (laughs) She is Susanna. She's played by another Italian actress, I believe. She, yeah, she very... She uh, is... uh, I think the the Wikipedia article made a big deal out of her being in the film. Yes. And I don't know why I couldn't find any references to her outside Shh. career other than the fact that she was Cigarette Girl in one Bond movie and that she was in... Fuck, what, what was the movie she was in? Oh, uh, no, not a movie. The Sopranos. She was in oh, the so- yeah. Sopranos for one episode, but like... I don't know. I don't know why she's, she's a big deal. She's... Very pretty. She's. A, I'm, I'm guessing maybe she's a popular model. Marie, Maria Grazia Cucinota. Great. Yeah. You did. <laughs> you I did great with that. I didn't. But okay. you were fantastic. <laughs> My big little boy. <laughs> toddling, pronouncing Italian names. Yeah. Yeah. Unhel drags Susanna upstairs. Hitting her head on every single step. To the point where it's so loud that a neighbor comes out to see what the sound is. Angel hides and then keeps dragging her upstairs. Just barely avoids being seen. He drags her back to Kavan. Kavan says her blood won't work because she's not a virgin. Right. Which Angel's like, how do you know? It's like, are you sure? And Kavan gives just a great look. He's like... I swear. Yeah. <laughs> on hell leaves to find some virgin's blood, as you do. As you do. Uh, how many? Every I can't t- believe there's not a store yet. <laughs> I can't believe like that. I mean, is that's that's the way the capitalism is supposed to work: supply and demand. Exactly. And I mean, like, if, if we're not even doing that, like, what's the fucking point of any of this? Exactly. Shit? Uh, it takes them back to the hostel. Yes, we don't have that many locations in this movie. No, <laughs> this was made for one point five million. Sure. I'm, I assume that's USD. Um, it could be Spanish pesetas. Okay. 
But, uh, yeah, he goes back to the hostel. Have we mentioned that we don't know a lot about Spain yet no. today? <laughs> Toro, Toro! <laughs> and he asks the young lady helper, who we met earlier, Mina, Mina, if she's a virgin. Well, first, he crushes up a bunch of pills. Oh, yes. And puts them into a cup As of coffee. Practice. No, I think he's just practicing breaking up the pills, because he only slips one thing into her drink. He doesn't pour a big whole mess. Okay, but he does He does pour them into her drink and start Eventually, trying yeah. to get her to drink it before he even asks her okay. about the virgin thing. He He's only... He seems to think that she must be a virgin because she refused the enticing advances of Jose Maria, Jose Maria earlier on. So he's like... I, I guess that's that's a clue, and and Mina even thinks that Rosario, Jose Maria's mother, put a, put him up to that. Put the to priest see up if, to it. Yeah, uh, she has up to him. I want to point out something with my recap for this film. Okay, I'm skimming over a lot, a lot of incident just for the sake of time. Yes, I there's so many hilarious things. Like we barely touched on the naked grandfather, who um, is a. a a recurring fixture in the yeah. film. Yeah, uh, there's a ton of things like that you need to see this movie to yes. truly appreciate. Right. Uh, he drugs her coffee, mm-hmm. then he politely asks her for some blood. He's like, yes. I need some blood, which of course immediately freaks her out. And he tells her specifically to summon the devil. <laughs> yes. He's very forthright. He's very forthright with most people in this movie to his detriment. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because the other girls wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Mina passes out in fright, and Angel drags him her to his room. Well, he tries to get her to her room, while yeah. Jose Maria's mother looks for Mina. Again, we have some very silent movie comedian acting with. Yes, he's dragging her across the floor, and she has one of those half doors that she opens the top of, and is he's right underneath. He's she's looking down the hall in a moment where and my wife out loud said, "Oh, right," and I was like, "It's yeah, it's, you get yeah, you know. no, it's part of the thing." <laughs> It's part of the comedy. Of course it wouldn't work. And again, mm-hmm. this is such a crazy scene because we're like, part of us wants on hell to get this drugged woman, not you, even drugged, like passed out woman. Because you care about room. him. And, but at the same time, we're like, this is a bad thing that's going on. This yeah. is not okay. Like, this I is hope. an assault that's happening right now. Feeling suspicious, Mama Maria mm-hmm. digs out her pump action shotgun as she mentioned before, well, she she does finally see the body. She she sees the body. She yes. is about to call the police, and is like, "No, I know what to do." And digs out that 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 shotgun again, and she cocks it all action like. Oh man! She blasts open on Hell's door. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a little bit where on uh, Hell hides in the bathroom. It's not important. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, there's also a bit where she just a line that I wrote down that I was laughing about. She's on the phone while he's trying to sneak her around. Someone calls and they're asking looking for if a whorehouse. She's like, you want the house opposite. The whores are over there. People sleep here. I don't know. It just made me laugh. But she blasts open Angel's door as he's drawing blood. Mm-hmm. With fires, a syringe. Fires again at Angel and blows his fucking ear off. Oh my god. Motherfuckers in this movie take damage. Yes, they do. They take lots of damage and I love it. That's I what it. I love about the Daredevil television show. God, yes. That's I love it when John Wick gets fucked up. We've talked about one of my favorite things about uh movie Crimson Peak that yeah. I like more than a lot of other people is that there's not a lot of violence, but when violence happens, holy shit. Yes. Like half of that guy's fucking face is gone. You Absolutely. know, that's that sort of shit. 
Rosario is bouncing on hell around the walls, <laughs> he, uh, he gets beating the shit picked. out of him. And eventually, he sort of accidentally on purpose yeah. knocks her over the railing of a stairwell, mm-hmm. and she falls, hitting railing after railing until she's hanging upside down. Wait, is she upside down? I don't remember. She's hanging dead from the final one. Yes. One way or another, she she dead. She is dead. She dead. I think on, she was upside down now that I think about it. On Hell escapes with the blood and the shotgun. Mm-hmm. Jose and Maria Jose Maria and Kavan have some patter. Jose yes. Maria's car gets towed and he goes to check on it. Yep. Kavan moves enough to kick his girlfriend awake. <laughs> she tries to cut Kavan free, but apparently doesn't mm-hmm. know how to use a fucking knife. Mm-hmm. Again, another great just trope right. of like the just trope of like I'm I'm too dumb to help you. She's she's this trying would, so hard. This would fuck up the plot if I succeeded, so right. I have to fail. Right. And then she and then like he's just like just get out and get help or something. And she's like sneaking out as Jose Maria comes back in. Jose Maria comes back in and chases around the apartment. She's about to escape, but she's greeted by Angel with the shotgun. Again, Kaylee watching this movie with me, saying the bimbo energy is strong in this one, and I love it. She, also, that dress is holding on, and I'm impressed. <laughs> she's a busty lady. She's a busty she, lady. She stays contained with a dress that she was wearing because she was going to have a good time with Kavan that night. Yep. And even though she is running, not only just running, but like running and diving over beds and shit, yes. like through the room, again, that dress holds up. It does. <laughs> and again, De La Iglesias's eye is not pervy. Like right. he could have had her popping out. She could have had a lot of panty shots. Yeah, could like something we were talking about with Machine Girl. Like there are ways that a camera, even if you're not doing full nudity, you can tell when a director's a perv because there are just certain angles that they mm-hmm. focus on. That's not the thing here. No, she was dressed. Not. She was dressed sexy because she was going to have a sexy night exactly. that night. She didn't expect to have to run like this. And it is alluring because she's an attractive lady, but sure. it's not It's not exploited by... We're both attracted to women, so we're attracted to her. But like that's, And we like busty ladies. Sure, but that's tutiful not... women. Tutiful women. But that's not the point of the scene, and that's not the way the film is shot. Absolutely not. She is herself, and she's doing... The best she can, and she, and again, strong bimbo energy, and that's not an, an insult anymore in twenty twenty one. That's just the that's just a, a way a person can be, and uh, and that dress holds up, and that's awesome. But this framing of on hell in the doorway with the shotgun, it's menacing as fuck. It's especially horrifying. with the bloody hole in his head for that used to be his ear. He got Van Gogh. <laughs> He's even wearing a little artist hat. He, yeah, he has, <laughs> he has sort of a beret on the entire time. I love on yeah. hell's look. Oh man. And here's where I noted in any in any other movie, mm-hmm. these guys would be horrifying. This would be the strangers. These guys would be horrifying mm. antagonists. Mm. Mm. And the movie would be very underwhelming. Yes. Yes. On Hell makes a magical potion made with the blood, LSD, and water. Yes. Into which white white bread, which is meant to serve as a cheat for the consecrated host. They they cut out little circles like if you're making toad in the hole and they just dip it in the in the blood and they each eat it. And he feeds it to Jose Maria and mm-hmm. Kavan and Angel has some and he drinks the rest of the potion. In a mocking of the communion. In a mocking of the communion, exactly. Yes. Yep. Angel asks Kavan if it would help to play the satanica tape. <laughs> and Kavan... Still, like, just wavering between, like, 
yeah, I'm going to submit to save my life, and no, I don't give a fuck, is like, right. yeah, sure, play it. Yeah, and he's like, well, you're the expert. He's like, okay, as an expert, it doesn't fucking matter. Yes. But I would, and if, I would prefer that you didn't, but I don't give a shit. And so the priest, okay, but we won't do it. Angel makes his oath to Satan. Yes. Meanwhile, Kavan's girlfriend is full-on bondage-bound. As per as close to pervy and fetishy as the movie gets. It's a full William Moulton Marston style tie. Yes. In, in the tub. In the bathtub. Yeah. Um Hell signs the oath with which with his own blood and burns the paper. Just a personal note. Anytime anyone in the movie cut does a big slice across the tip of their thumb bothers me so much. Just a visceral thing that bothers me personally. Yeah. That kind of shit. Does it gets bother to me? Does it bother you in anime when characters will just bite their thumb? To draw blood? I, not so much because they're uh, paper people. They're made, they're so fucking racist. They're cartoon people. That's so fucking racist of you. Kavan crows that nothing happened. And Angel should believe it's all bullshit. Right. Angel insists they wait. Mm -hmm. A bell chimes and the trio sees a cockroach, Mm. which cannot cross the magic symbol they drew in the floor. Slash or uh, Jose Maria carved into Coffin's floor, right? Or the cockroach just like detected an obstruction and decided to go somewhere else. Maybe yeah. this could be a reference to this Christopher Lee film, The Devil Rides Out, a movie that I have not seen yet. So uh, it's decent, it's okay. Mm-hmm. But characters are inside a protective circle, yes. and various entities try to pass through it, including like a spider. Could be a reference. I, I mean, that is a very famous uh satanic panic movie yeah uh, so i would not be surprised then and here's where the movie takes a hard shift a hard shift. but again you don't feel it it all feels so natural yes they see a black goat with massive horns enter the room uh yes and uh, at this point kaylee was like oh no please no, no oh no oh no oh no oh no and again <laughs> the movie's still playing with you is this a hallucination is right. this real because they, they did? did just take lsd but here's the thing they did not soak that lsd in the water long enough to like just dip the bread into it and get any effect on hell drinks it i maybe swallowed some tabs but but it is a movie it is a movie yeah it is a movie yeah. but we can also like play I, this game that's yeah no it's it's very much like a total recall type situation i am 100 percent sure that alex de la iglesias knows how lsd works 100 <laughs> percent certain yes okay. okay uh the man who made this film in perdita durango okay fair and enough. circus fair enough especially perdita durango i know yeah. you don't remember it as well as i do i watched it again right i, I was not sober when we watched that movie yeah Angel steps outside the circle, yeah. and the goat rears back on its legs and fucking snarls. You ever see a goat snarl? No. I have ten times. <laughs> ten times? How are you pissing off so many goats? Well. <sighs> oh, because you're always having to sell your soul to the devil and you don't know how. I'm also under a lot find... of bridges. Right, I'm, you can't I'm find the maiden like, blood. You're not going to cross my bridge, and they're oh. like, we're going to cross your bridge, bitch. And then... <laughs> It's I, a whole fucking thing. I, I need to stop hanging out under bridges. You kind of do. Yeah, it's just it's just like, a, I understand it's like your dream, but like it's a lifestyle, you just, it's not working. My favorite Red Hot Chili Pepper song yes. is Under the Bridge. Ah. So I feel like I need to be under the bridge right. all the time. But there are these goats. Anyway, this goat, this black he-goat. He-goat. Leaves. This, I wrote down, second scariest movie goat. First, obviously, being Black Philip. Being Black Philip from the Vavitch, which is just these 
scariest fucking goat ever. Now, yeah. let me note, okay. we are now an hour into this movie. Okay, I was not paying as much attention to the time code as I usually am, so that's good to know. How much insane shit have we seen in this film thus far? So much, and yet I felt like when we when I got to that scene that I was only halfway through, because there's so much this shit in this film. This is a movie that film. does not feel it's time. No. There is a part we're getting close to that I feel the movie starts to drag. I will agree. Uh, but we'll get to that. I will say that, that my favorite part of the film is the stuff that we've described up until now. Yes. Uh, there is still good shit to watch later. There's still later. great shit coming. And, but uh, this is the best stuff of the film. The best stuff of the film is the build-up to this moment. And yes. this moment. And But everything, we're most of what we're going to see next, there's about a 15-20 minute stretch yes. I don't care for. I but liked this, it better the second time around. Okay. Yeah. But the rest of the movie is still good. But the the great stuff has mm-hmm. happened. The best stuff, yeah. Kavan frees his girlfriend and sends her home. Yes. Don't call the police. <laughs> He's now convinced. Kavan is on board. Right. So so that is another reason why you could say that this is probably really happening is because they all saw the same they all saw a goat. Maybe not the same goat, but they all saw a goat. Again, but yeah, do the same but again, thing. They were all on LSD. As a character will say later on, also, it's what they were expecting to see. It's what they True. wanted to see. So they did see it. But they did all see the same goat, which is from what I, I've not ever taken LSD, from what I understand with LSD, that's kind of rare. Yeah, they it's They all not... go on the same trip. True. Yeah. But again, as you said, this is a movie. It is a movie. And drugs work different in movies than yes. they do in real life. Yes. Angel is looking through the burned remains of his oath, mm-hmm. picking out letters that survived. They spell out, this is not a game. Which is apparently, I guess, a reference to... to mutant action. To mutant action, which I did not pick up on. There's a heavy obviously. knocking on the door. They escape out the window with Jose Maria laughing all the time. Yes. And grand, Jose Maria could still be tripping. Right. Uh, you can get very giggly on hallucinogens. So I've heard. So I've heard. And here's where I note, I don't talk a lot about the smaller stuff in the movie, but Jose Maria is fucking hilarious. Yeah, there we've most of the bits we've skipped are Jose Maria bits. And there Just are some his little, little comedy stuff. Phenomenal bits. If, if this is a Three Stooges act, which I started referring to it as, it's once the psychic joins them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jose Maria is the curly or the shemp of the group. Like sure. he's, he's the silliest member. I don't know anything about the Three Stooges, but okay. I, I agree. Sure. Wholeheartedly. Right. 100%. Great. Stoogerific. Sto- <laughs> As the Stooges always said. As they said, anytime they bopped each other, wow, this is Stoogerific. Yes, yes. The Three Stooges and the Smurfs, very similar franchises. Uh, the actress fan, all three of these guys are great. Yes. They're so fucking good. They're so good. The trio are walking the edge of a huge neon sign that says Schweppes. Yes. Uh, the tonic water. Which is apparently a big uh, landmark in... Yeah, it was deep uh, in the heart of Madrid. In Madrid. Yeah, right in the middle of Madrid. Uh, Jose Maria is laughing maniacally. He takes one of his hands off the sign, mm-hmm. uh, swinging out above the drop. He slips and is saved twice by the two. So I'm going to kill myself. Fucking great. Kavan <laughs> uh, also slips and holds on to Jose Maria. Mm-hmm. A crowd gathers and watches them. Kavan drops mm-hmm. and lands on the sign further down. Yep. Surviving. Three stories down. And again, 
people get fucked up in this movie. Yes. Kavan is hurt. He is... He is, he is drenched in blood. Yes. Uh, he is absolutely battered. The police arrive because they were naturally called by Kavan's girlfriend. Because right. why wouldn't she? Yeah, no. After her terrifying evening. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, good on her for not listening to Kavan. <laughs> Angel and Jose Maria slip into somebody's apartment. Currently occupied by a little girl who assumes that Jose Maria is Santa Claus. Right. She gets up and starts calling him Papa Noel, which is one of the cutest names for Santa I've ever heard. Also worth noting that Jose Maria is toting the pump action shotgun now. Yes. Uh, For good measure, as before they exit the apartment, Jose knocks out the little girl's dad. Yes. Which... Uh, the little girl's mom and the little girl both take very well. They're not screaming or freaking out. Because <laughs> it's just, Santa. The dad, the dad comes out like not even looking up. He's got like his hands in a bowl of candy. He's like, okay, let's... Okay, I guess Santa's here. And then he just clocks him in the face. The little girl is still looking up with childlike wonder while the wife is just like non-plus smoking in the background. Like, and he's like, this might as well happen. And they just leave. Kavan, actual name, Ennio Lombardi, mm-hmm. is recovered by the cops. Now, you can tell that at this point, I stop having as much to say about the movie because my notes become very sparse okay. for this half of the film. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how we go. Yeah. All right. However, he just goes to his TV station yes. and tells them they're going on in two hours. Mm-hmm. Kavan has his team looking for places where Satanists meet in Madrid. Apparently, Kavan is a very popular figure on TV to be able to have the amount of clout to say, no, we're doing a live Christmas Eve broadcast of my ghost psychic show (laughs) in two fucking hours. (laughs) They're not having a lot of luck. Also worth noting, Kavan's leg is now in a whole ass cast. (laughs) (laughs) The doctors in Madrid make the fastest cast you've ever seen. There are some talented fucking doctors in madrid well all those bullfighters <laughs> that's right because they gotta they gotta do they gotta finish that fight get the leg cast and get back out into the field and record murder time. them bulls murder them bulls that didn't do anything some guy has kavan sign his book then ends up electrocuted through the most convoluted <laughs> series of events and it he gets electrocuted just as kavan notices something about a uh, an ancient inscription of the devil's signature. So in his book, in his book, he notices this, and just as he does, the guy electrocutes himself again through a very convoluted thing that I don't feel like repeating. But he just he just explodes like the like the stepdad in Halloween Six. Unfortunately, you don't get to see as much of it as in Halloween Six, but you get the idea. And now we enter the part of the movie that I dislike. Okay. Where I feel the movie starts to really drag and is not necessary and could have easily been cut out. Right. Jose Maria and Angel end up at the occult symposium from the leaflet that we saw before. They see a poster for it and they're like, oh man, of course, because I saw the leaflet earlier. It's it's a sign. It's all been bringing me to this point. So they go to the thing. Uh, the speaker is talking about Nostradamus. Despite how much I dislike the next 15 to 20 minutes, mm-hmm. and I don't... I, I don't fucking hate it. It's no. still decent. It just doesn't need to be in the film. It feels unnecessary, but it is... It feels like padding. And it's not as good as the stuff that we really love. This is still a good movie. And it's still a good movie. And even these scenes are good. It's kind of like... If you took this out, this would be a perfect movie. It's kind of like if you're watching a movie, you watch a movie that you really like, and then you go to the deleted scenes, you see the deleted scenes, is like, hey, I see why you cut that. It's exactly. nice to have more of a movie I like, but that's good that it's not in the movie. 
if those scenes were in the movie, that's what this is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and despite that, the pair up of Jose Maria and Angel is so fucking great. It's still good, so good. These two idiots. Yes. These two violent idiots <laughs> with different levels of enthusiasm about their violence. Angel tells the speaker that the Antichrist will be born tonight mm-hmm. and that Nostradamus has nothing to do with it. Right. Well, he came to the wrong place, buddy. Yeah, clear, clearly. He's but about on, to get... Angel's become convinced that this is the meaning of the Satanist, no matter how much they say it isn't. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, no, you can trust me. I'm one of you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he's about to get kicked out, but Jose Maria fires the shotgun, mm-hmm. allowing to, him to slip out. Uh, Jose Maria and Angel are separated. Angel is caught by the cops, but Jose Maria once again frees him by firing the shotgun. Uh, he's, he's, yeah, he's caught by the cops. He frees him by firing the shotgun. They're looking for, because the speaker ran out of the room. They're looking for the speaker that they were just talking to in the, the confusion when they're in the middle of the crowd, he's standing on a dais with three actors playing the three wise men men who the cops shoot, who the cops shoot. It, for those who don't know, in Spanish cultures, the three wise men are much more important because they brought gifts to the baby Jesus. Gotcha. There are those who believe that the three wise men are the one who bring the gifts on Christmas, not Santa. Oh, and fun. So it was literally, that was their equivalent of like a mall Santa. The kids were sitting on the laps of the gotcha. three wise men and telling. And then they all get fucking murdered in front of all those children. Pretty gnarly. I appreciate it a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, Jose Maria once again fires the shotgun mm-hmm. way more times than he could possibly have shells for. Kaylee clocks that as well. I, I was just going along with it because I'm so used to movie shotguns, but like, he was like, that's not how, that's way too many Granted, shells for a With how shotgun. many you fired it at the symposium and he fires like 16 times outside. Jesus Christ. Not again, it doesn't wreck anything for me it's just something no, that's funny fine. that i notice. it's that's more bullets than a handgun would have in it uh they find the speaker again yes. on hell assaults him demanding to know where the birth will take place but he knows nothing and they let him go and then that and, whole subplot that just happened was essentially the undercover cop plot from squid game it gets us to the runtime we need but it doesn't do anything for the movie at all very true yeah very it's, true it's fun to have more of the thing you like but like, yeah it just kind of happens just doesn't do a lot for me and yeah. they could have cut it out with no problem mm-hmm. this movie runs about like 145 an hour 45 i think yeah uh cut that out 90 sure. minutes tight, i think they probably 90 minutes i think they were probably like this movie could use a little bit more violence. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I guess maybe a little bit more. Let's, and again, let's, let's have a couple, a little bit more the mayhem. The killing of the three wise men, I'm sure, is much more potent if we were Spanish. Probably. Jose Maria throws the shotgun in a garbage can. <laughs> Just very, not like, oh man, I need to get away. Like, they, they sit like, down on a bench to have a heart for heart. This is the, the dark night of the soul yes, part of the yes. film. And he just, like, casually, while they're talking, opens the trash can next to them and dunks it in. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> on hell is ready to give up. He tells Jose Maria that he accidentally killed his mother. And <laughs> Jose Maria's response was, fuck, fuck the old, old lady. Fuck the old lady anyway. And, Jose- he, said, and he, he asked if he killed me. And he says, no, no, I just gave her some pills. It's fine. She's given how many people have been killed with pills in movies. It's just not <laughs> yeah. the best. Jose Maria goes to get a car. But I, there's a moment here that I do want to, I do want to like Absolutely. highlight. And Jose Marie says, you know, fuck the old lady anyway. You said that mean is okay. I'm just worried about my grandpa. And, oh, yeah, who's going to take care of him Who's going to take care of my grandpa? Because he, he, he'd said earlier that 
the only reason his grandpa wasn't in an asylum is because he kept sticking up for him. And his mother wanted to put him away. And I like, between this and something that's just about to happen, the movie is, is satire, despite this movie being very loud, there is satire that is very subtle. And I like the idea that Jose Marie, who throughout the whole film has been held up as like, on hell going, this is degeneracy. This yes. is what's everything and is disgusting about he society. It's people all the Absolutely. time. He he's not a good dude. No. But at the same time, he is still there is a human element to him. Like no matter how gross he might be, yeah. he is a person. His enthusiasm yeah. for just like being along for the ride. Like this is what the a reason, lot of the reason why he went along with Enhel is not because he craves murder and violence. He went along because he can be part of something and it seemed really important to Anhel. Yeah. And Anhel listened to his opinions about music. So he's like, You're my best friend forever now. Yeah. And that's Jose Marie might be gross at first meeting him, but he's actually like uh, like not a great person, but like he's he's a person and he deserves yeah. respect and love. I don't know that I 100% agree with your assessment of Jose Maria. I think he might be a shittier person than you're giving him credit for. He's but a shitty person. Yeah. Here's what the movie does immaculately. Mm -hmm. Is as shitty as Jose Maria is. Mm -hmm. He's still a fucking great character. We love him. Yes. We love him. He's fucking hilarious. But my point is is that Anhel, for as as much as we love him, he's a a cipher for a stand-in for society's idea of what evil is. Yes, he he has a very white bread again, Middle America Bible Belt idea of what evil is, and he's pointing at Jose Maria and saying, "That's you." And Jose, Jose Maria, Maria is presenting a more multifaceted multifaceted thing. The real evil, the real enemy. Uh, tearing a picture of the Pope in half. The real enemy uh, shows up in a second once yes. Jose Marie goes to find a car. Mm -hmm. The enemy that people don't like to acknowledge and on hell has not been thinking about. Yes. Um, I was just about to say something, but I can't. I'm sorry. What it was. It's all right. Mm -hmm. um, can't be that important. Okay. Uh, we see the Clean Up Madrid crew. Well, first. Uh, Jose Marie is, is, I'm sorry, not Jose, uh, Angel is, it's like, I wish I could find a sign, looks over at a cell phone ad, which says, at last heaven is sending the signal you've been waiting for, <laughs> looks over and sees the Clean Up Madrid crew. They beat up a homeless man as Angel watches, mm -hmm. then they set him on fire. The crew members are very posh looking. Yes, they are not like a street gang, they no, are. No, they're, they're dressed like... Fancy mafia men. Yes. It's never fully explained who they are in the film, but I've read notes about the production that straight up says they're Nazis. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. They yeah. seem to be targeting immigrants, the homeless. There are... The guy that they attack isn't even actually homeless. He's oh, he isn't? Just, he's just gross. They don't, okay. they don't like him because he's degenerate, which yeah. is a fascist term. And he... Uh, he but he... When... when uh, Angel flips him over... He's just a he's just a scummy youth. He's got a okay. he's got a, a Santanica shirt on. Yes, he was gonna be he was at the club, but uh, and and again like these are older men. They're not like kids who are misguided. They no. are adults. They are posh adults. Yeah, and they are they believe they are doing the right thing. And I again here's a thing where uh, 
if we knew more about Spain in 1995, I'm sure this would hit so much harder for us. I, I, I believe it would. We have enough, we have enough of content context to understand. I don't know if you're aware, but there has been quite a strong fascist movement mm -hmm. in our own country. Yes. Of late. And Joe Biden, we're on to you. Yes, we are. It's kind of like one of those things like... Uh, no, it's it's Gangnam style, Gangnam style or Squid Game, where it's just sort of like, yeah, problems are the same all over. They are. There's probably some stuff we're still not... Some specifics we're still not picking Absolutely. up on. Yeah. But as you said, he sees the Satanica shirt. Yes. So Angel goes to the show. Mm -hmm. At the show, he... Even after seeing that evil and seeing like that, like the true evil of society... He's still so focused on his own worldview of what evil is. He's like, of course, the club in hell. That's where I must go. Because it says hell in the title. Well, maybe seeing the clean-up Madrid crew made him realize what evil already exists. He's maybe. like, I need to stop more evil from coming in. Could be. I, I think that Angel exits this movie believing the same things he entered it with. I, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> but Angel goes to the show yeah. where he harasses a pregnant woman. Yes, He's, he finds the one pregnant lady in the in the heavy metal bar and, yeah, starts harassing her. And he gets beaten the fuck up. Yeah, he goes into a men's room and gets... Well, Jose Maria goes into the men's room and finds Angel bloody with yeah. his face apparently having been used to break a urinal. Yes, and I love a good toilet smash. Always love a good toilet smash. That's why Batman vs. Superman is your favorite movie. It is, yes. Uh, that and... Um, Frank Miller's directorial debut, The Spirit, yeah. because of Samuel Jackson's line, come on, toilets are always funny. Toilets are always funny. We should cover that movie on the show. Jose Maria sees Kavan's television show, where he is mm -hmm. imploring Angel to call in. Angel calls Kavan tells, and tells him to call the police. He's done. Come and get him. Kavan is on board, though. He is a fucking convert. Yes, he warns his viewers that the end of the world is coming and Christmas is fucked. <laughs> that should be a line in more Christmas movies where it's like, Oh no, we're not going to have a Christmas. Christmas is fucked. There's a great... Merry Christmas, you old building alone. Christmas is fucked. Episode that was of a, a terrible Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> I bought it. There's a, uh, the fir very first episode... Merry Christmas... Nah, I still... Angel has this perfunctory moment of doubt, as he's yes. been having for the last few minutes. Yes. But Kavan has found the mark of the devil. Mm -hmm. But Angel is cut off before he can say where what it is. Kavan figures out that Angel is in hell at the mm -hmm. venue. At the venue. He comes across Jose and Jose Maria and Angel trying to steal a car. Yes. Which is Jose Maria <laughs> trying to use a Slim Jim. And Angel just, a Slim Jim. Just, just trying to like... You know a Slim Jim is actual... Tool. Oh, I I misunderstood. No, I, not like the, the I jerky misunderstood snack. and thought he was trying to slip a jerky snack through the window. No, to get a, the thing. A, a Slim Jim's uh, carjacking tool. Oh, okay. I didn't know that was what you called it. Okay. okay. But Angel is just like leaning against the car, like looking Yeah, around. that's right. Looking as suspicious as he fucking uh, can. Kavan has noticed that the devil has a special mark in his signature. The same mark as the boy at the beginning. Yes, he had, a, he had two marks on his chest. It's sort of like... To, uh, uh, to like surprised eyebrows. Yeah, imagine yeah. if an apostrophe were like diagonal. Yes, yeah, or like uh, quotation mark. The Atari logo. If there was nothing in the middle. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Kavan explains that the devil's mark is sort of a deconstructed cross positioned at diagonals, which looks like 
just like the building behind them, which is the then under construction gate of Europe. Yes. There is a monument between them, which has a neon shooting star at the top. Mm -hmm. The men go to one of the towers being constructed and hear a baby crying. Mm -hmm. They find a trash can fire and some people laying under cardboard. Now, let me ask you something, Billy. You're one of the wise men. Right. And you're going to the birth of the Antichrist. Right. So so, so you need to bring your present. Right. Because we're, we're trying to mimic the birth of Christ yeah. and, and twist it and parody it yeah. in a satanic way. What would you bring the Antichrist? What would I bring the Antichrist? So, so okay. So what were the gifts that we, they brought to Christ? Uh, frankincense, myrrh, and gold. Frankincense, myrrh, and gold. Okay. So let's, let's go classical with this. If we're gonna go, with, if we're gonna go with a mockery of gold, let's go ancient alchemy, and say that the say that the 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 antithesis of gold would be lead. Lead. Let's bring like a big hunk of the most toxic lead mm. we can possibly bring. That's good. Then we can cover the Antichrist in that lead, and Superman won't be able to find the Antichrist. Exactly. And Superman is one of the Antichrist's biggest enemies. Biggest enemies, right? Because truth and justice. So, so what's the opposite? Opposite of frankincense and myrrh. Well, I would have to remember what frankincense and myrrh are first. Uh, herbs, spices, like... Uh, One of them is like anointing oil, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, something okay. like that. So, anointing oil. What's a good uh, inversion of anointing oil? Uh, cooking oil feels too obvious. Um, spit? Spit. Like a lot of saliva, yeah. Just or like, like, or the goo inside of gushers. The goo inside. Okay, so something that's really going to, really going to, like really stick. Really stick. The... Yeah, not 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 uh, make things. Oh, what about the inside of a Cadbury cream egg? Ooh, Cadbury cream egg. What about just straight up Drano? Just straight up Drano. I feel like that would be bad for the baby, but I'm not a parent. Probably, but like, I mean, so would the lead. Sure. Whatever is the not anointing oil with the, the spices, I think that you'd probably want to bring something that didn't taste l like anything. Well, I thought being from Maine, you would just bring Old Bay. Uh, sure. Uh, I was going to go with Vegemite, but yeah, we can okay. do we can do Old Bay. Yeah. I would pick things that would also harm the baby, like uh, a creepy crawler's oven. Uh-huh. That's bad for a baby. Sure. Um, creepy crawler's oven seems like something Satan would be into. Jacks, but they're made of glass and mm. uh, they have sharp edges. Gotcha, gotcha. And also, um, the Harry Potter series because <laughs> that's the devil. <laughs> so, true story. Growing up in a Baptist church, yeah, uh, my family and I were all big Harry Potter fans. As the yeah. books were coming out, we all read the books together. We liked, we didn't like the movies, but we watched them anyway. And then. Around the time that the third book was coming out, third or fourth book was coming out, uh, I went to Sunday school. Harry Potter was starting to get really popular with everybody. And uh, my Sunday school teacher told me that Harry Potter was created by real witches hmm. to A, get kids in interested in casting spells of their own and therefore selling their souls to the devil, or B, failing that, Getting them to think that witches weren't as scary as they actually were so that they would be easier for them to kidnap and eat. Gotcha. Yes. This is a real thing a real adult told me when I was a child. Yeah, no, just because yeah. you're an adult doesn't mean you make fucking sense. <laughs>
lot of adults will believe a lot of stupid shit. Right, yeah, yeah. So, But as the three wise men come across this cardboard nativity, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. clean up Madrid people, ambush them. Yes. One of the Madrid gang... Here's, here's another problem I have with this film. Okay. One of the clean up Madrid gang fires several shots into the cardboard, killing the mother, father, and the Antichrist baby. And the baby, yes. Now, what we're going to be led to believe in mm-hmm. the coming sequences is that the devil is a member of the clean up Madrid crew. Like, he seems to be in charge of them. Right. He seems if, to be associated if, with them in some way. If you take this movie to be a literal, literally telling the story. That Angel believes is happening. Yes. Uh, then yes, the devil is part of the Clean Up Madrid crew. So it does not make sense that the Clean Up Madrid crew would kill the Antichrist, which the devil wants to be born. Sure. It would make more... And I believe in the original draft, Angel did kill the family. Right. I can see how that would be too dark. They might have decided that uh, they would lose their audience They're, if they made the protagonist kill an actual They're baby. already pushing a lot of shit. They are. I don't blame the movie for playing it safe with this. Sure. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to it, me. It is interesting. So there's a quote from Mel Brooks once where he was, I think it was the producers he was making, where he, he had a moment of doubt when he was making it. He was, he was writing Springtime for Hitler and all that shit. Mm-hmm. And he was like, am I going too far? And he's the way that he described it is he said, if you go all the way up to the bell, if you make the whole journey up to the bell and then don't ring the bell, you fail as an artist. You have to go, you have to make the journey up to the bell and then you have to, once you get there, no matter how scary it is, ring the fucking bell yeah. and make it happen. I agree. Now... I, think, I love all of this movie, yes. including these last scenes and everything. Even no, the I love these last plays. scenes. I, d- I don't like that fallow bit from, like, uh, that I already discussed. Yeah, that, that, uh, yeah, I, I, but, like, I will say that it this is interesting. And I love this ending, too. I will say that it is interesting that this movie has gone so far and committed so hard and then gets to the ending and then just kind of, like, wimps out a little bit. But we have to also understand, mm-hmm. this is 1995. Yes. This is Spain. Yes. Uh, I'm going to make an assumption that it is a much more Catholic country. It is way more Catholic. This movie had a lot of problems. Like, there were people in the Spanish film industry who refused to work on this movie, who had worked with uh, uh, all, um, Alex uh, de la Iglesias uh, before, but, who refused to work on it because they didn't want to be associated with a movie that had to do with Satan. Pedro Almodovar, okay. uh, who produced, I think, Mutant Action. Right. Uh, Alex de la Iglesias, sort of a protege of his, yeah. did not want to produce this film because of the devil Because of the, de- the satanic compl- uh, complications. But and it, the I, movie did have problems when it was released, too, because of like yeah. people freaking out. I, I agree that I think on hell should have fired the shots, but I understand mm-hmm. why Or he something did. else could have made... This ending Dropped a little bit more clear. Something. Yeah, yeah. A big mallet like Harley Quinn. Jose Maria and Angel flee with Kavan having been taken out. Mm-hmm. They take an elevator up the tower. Mm-hmm. Jose Maria is shot in the leg by one of the goons. Yes. As Angel hides. Angel peeks his head up to see the fucking devil. And this, 
I will say for a movie that is clearly as low budget as this movie is, and in a scene that where suddenly the film stock looks much worse because it looks fucking terrible. Because I think the blue screen effect they had was not the best. Probably, and uh, it especially does not look good on Blu-ray. Yeah, especially on Blu-ray. The I rest was, of the movie looks fine. Here it looks like a fucking episode of VR Troopers. This is one of my favorite versions of the devil in any movie. Like he it looks, looks great. Great. He looks so good. Yeah, sort honestly, of like this horse skull face. Mm-hmm. And like sort of these goat legs, but not hairy. Just sort of that bend in them. Very, ex- very traditional pan idea of the devil but in all a way. Flesh tone, all like fleshy. Yeah, in a way that doesn't seem silly. And like no. the, the whole uh, pan is the devil thing is a very silly thing. It is, and most of the time it is very silly. In this movie, it fucking works. It it works so well. This is a great fucking effect. And again, I, I think that a part of it is, though, that we have been down the line with Anne Hell so much, we know what his beliefs are, and yeah. we know that this is his vision of the devil that we are seeing. So you you are sort of, at least now, approaching this film from an unreliable narrator standpoint, where you're like not that's, really sure. That's my interpretation of the film, okay. is that it's, it is a, I don't, again, referencing American Psycho a lot. But like, there's, have you ever seen American Psycho? I have, yeah. Okay, yeah, um, only once, but I did see it. There is a lot that happens in this movie where I'm like, I don't know, like American Psycho, I can't tell you exactly what's real and what isn't. Gotcha. But like, I feel like there's a lot of this movie that doesn't necessarily happen exactly the way that we experience it as movie watchers. Yes. Yeah. The devil grabs Jose Maria. Mm-hmm. Angel grabs a gun. Jose Maria tells him to run. Then Jose Maria fucking laughs in the devil's face. Oh, it's such a good moment. Such a great, like, such so perfect for the character. Yeah. Who's just laughing throughout this entire movie. No matter what fucked up thing happens, mm-hmm. Jose Maria is always laughing and loving the ride. And here he is looking in the face of the fucking devil. About to and die. And he laughs. Yeah. And again, reprehensible character. Not a good person. No. But we still love this moment. That's what this movie what is capable of. <laughs> yeah, like, that's how the movie. Mm-hmm. It's it's it really is a form of manipulation where it's like, oh yeah, it's this sleight of hand trick where it's like, here's this asshole, you're gonna love him. I once read a review of From Dusk Till Dawn. Okay, a very stupid movie. I enjoy it. It's fun. It's just dumb. It is uh, dumb. Where, but I I read a review once that said that. That's the brilliance of Quentin Tarantino's script for the film, and that's what he was trying to do was make you like George Clooney, even though he's a scumbag. Well, and I'm like, and I never bought that because when I watch that movie, I'm just sort of like, eh, <laughs> about, about his character. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's obvious that George Clooney is supposed to be the cool character in that film. Like, right. it's not. You it's know, not covert at all. You know like how you know that is because George Clooney's playing him. Yeah, exactly. Right. But he's like, handsome and he has all the cool lines and he's yeah. the fucking hero of the goddamn movie. Right, and yeah, he is still an asshole and I never lost sight of that watching the movie. But a lot of action horror movie mm-hmm. heroes are assholes. Try going back and watching Dirty Harry and not just fucking hating Harry Callahan from minute one. But anyway... Yeah, it's, it's not something special. That it's not doing. special. This movie... Is the movie yes. that that fucking review was talking exactly. about. Exactly. With 
Jose Maria and Angel. Yeah. Both fucking reprehensible people. Even Coven to a certain extent. To an extent, because he's a yeah. fucking fraud. He's a he's a fraud and a, and a fucking tool. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, the devil eventually throws Jose Maria... Sadly. ...off the tower. Yeah. He never got to fuck Mina. He never... <laughs> <laughs> That's your takeaway? <laughs> is not... Is that not what the movie... Is, not the, is that not the meaning of Christmas? <laughs> Is that not what we celebrate? The sacrifice of Jose Maria? <laughs> oh my god. Jose Maria. Maria. I, I, again, this is one of the incidences that I skipped over. Yeah. But there's a great moment early in the film where Jose Maria asked on hell if he's ever seen fucking Jesus Christ Superstar. That's right. And starts singing songs from it. Oh my god, that was so good. Um <laughs> another moment that endeared Kaylee to the to the uh movie because uh you know musical theater background yeah. and all this stuff. She's not a big fan of Jesus Christ Superstar. I but love still, Jesus Christ Superstar. She loves Judas and Jesus Christ Superstar. And Judas is great. And I have not seen it. Jesus so. Christ Superstar would be a candidate for this film. It's a very odd film. For the show, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. For this, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. That's okay. No, I, yeah, I've heard this. It's interesting. Two other goons, one of whom looks like Joe Paterno. Yes. Took me a minute to remember Joe Paterno. You're yes. not local, so that makes sense. <laughs> uh, douses Kavan in gasoline and sets him on fire. Mm-hmm. Also, there's a goat there now. Also, there's a goat there now. Yes. Angel kills the goons. Mm-hmm. He puts out Kavan. Angel checks and sees that the Antichrist and its parents are dead. Yes. We see the devil's shadow cast on the wall. Angel turns around and fires, but it's just another goon. Nine months later, exactly how long it would take for a baby to gestate, Kavan has been replaced on his show. Angel and Kavan looking very rough. They've clearly been living on the streets. The actor, by the way, who's replaced Kavan on his show is a, like, popular political, like, newscaster presenter in Spain. This is... So this ending is the equivalent of having a weird Anderson Cooper uh, gotcha cameo at the end of the 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 film. Yeah. Kavan opines that they can't tell anyone what they did. They saved the fucking world and they can't tell anybody. Mm Mm-hmm. And Angel just seems to miss Jose Maria. He still has uh, the little boxing gloves where he stored his acid tabs. Yeah. Uh, the two go off together, and I wish these two had more adventures. And they're just sort of, like, yeah, wandering. I I want... I want the, these this two... This is what Supernatural should have been, is these two oh traveling the God, fuck around. Oh, my God, can you fucking imagine? I mean, it'd be better if Jose Maria were there, So, so but I still take it if we're Angel and Kavan. Here's what I'm saying. I've been... Re- Comparing these guys to silent movie comedians and like golden era, golden age era Hollywood comedians this whole time, that's really what they feel like to yeah. me as characters. The good thing about those characters is that they would just pop up with no continuity every time they showed yeah. up in a movie. So my pitch for a, sequ- a sequel or franchise going off this is that every movie, Angel, Kavan, and Jose Maria are there. They have different 
reasons that they're there every single time. They're always the same characters. Gotcha. And there's always some new fucked up supernatural they're shit like the they're Jay dealing with. They're like the Jay and Silent Bob of the Spanish film verse. Except that Jay and Silent Bob like remember stuff that happened to them in other movies. These guys Oh, these guys just reset. Just, just like the Three Stooges or Abin Costello. They're just, yeah, a complete reset every time. Sometimes they know each other already. Sometimes they don't. And it's just like fucking craziness going off gotcha uh, i fucking love this movie you fucking love this movie is there anything else you would like to say oh uh, the the fountain that they're sitting at at the end oh, of the is movie the only is the monument only to satan tribute to satan in the world the fallen angel tribute which is 666 meters high above sea level bam yeah like i said uh my wife kaylee loved it she called it a uh, kind of fucked up version of the night before, which is yeah. a I, which I have not seen. But. Yeah, but it's it, that's that's a, another sort of like more cynical Christmas comedy that Kaylee and I love. Again, I, I love the ending message of the real evil is the people who think that there are people beneath them. Yes, and um, also the message of what all good works are supposed supposed to be according to the Bible is anonymous. Like they. Created, they performed the greatest act. They saved the world. Yeah. They can't tell anybody. Right. As it should be with good deeds. And Angel accepts that as their he fate no because that is his. That. Yeah. And that's why Angel is has no character arc in the film. Like no, he, he, he doesn't. He is Angel at the beginning. He's Angel in the middle. He's Angel at the end. And the way that that's done is so perfect. That he learns absolutely nothing through this experience, yeah. and at the end he's just like, "I did what I was supposed to do." I miss my friend. I wish my, I miss my friend, and I'm sure he probably also misses Priest Man, who got crushed by this cross. Yeah, my God, I've never seen a movie like this. I don't know if I ever will again. You won't. This is you won't. One of my new favorite Christmas horror movies. Yeah, there are a lot of Christmas horror movies. There are like maybe three I can name that are good, and this is like. This is a contender. This, a contender for the like top I said, spot. I like is, Black Christmas a lot, but this is a contender for the top spot. This is art. This, this is, is absolutely not, art. This is not schlock. No. This is not genre trash. Yeah. This is a deliberate work of art. Yeah. It's a fucking funny, fucking gross, fucking awesome work of art. Yeah. But it is actual art. You can enjoy art. Yeah. You can <laughs> laugh at art. Sure. Uh, anything else Just, you'd like to say? As you know, if you've ever read Garfield, you can laugh at art. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Anything else you'd like to say? Um, uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah, and uh, I hope you rot in hell. Absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully we will have a bonus Christmas treat for you. Yes, we're going to try. We're going to try, but otherwise, happy holidays, mm -hmm. and we are also might do a 2021 wrap-up. We talk about movies we watched, sure. uh, 2021 movies, yeah, stuff like that. 